0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with your Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, please like, share, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. We definitely appreciate it. Another NBA preview show on deck here. With this time, we're going to talk about the Indiana Pacers. Not much fanfare here for the Pacers. Not a lot of off-season coverage given to Indiana, but I like this team. I like this team a lot. Of, they, I, I, I like... The way this team is constructed is a lot of a lot of position redundancy, but nevertheless, they have some good young players, true young players that are ready to pop off. They got their led by their all star, Therese Halliburton, and they finished last season, 35 and 47, which on its surface is not an impressive record. But if I told you it was their best win total in three years, would that qualify them as an ascending team? I definitely would say yes. Best win total in three years by a mile. They've added Obi Toppin in this offseason. And I'm not going to go off the deep end and make any bold proclamations, but I loved Obi Toppin coming out of the draft. I felt he landed in a bad spot, not just being drafted by the Knicks, but being coached by Tom Thibodeau, who outside of Zach Levine struggles to coach anybody that isn't a former Chicago Bull. He didn't give a lot of playing time to Toppin. You could say Toppin maybe didn't earn a lot of playing time, but I think a young man that's gotten better every year in his three years and shooting the three ball, had earned some more playing time. He's a young flyer, young player who gets up and down the court, hard worker, does everything that's asked of the coach and felt like he deserved and felt like he had earned more. Have no problem with that. And I like the fact that he was disgruntled with the way things were going and wanted out of New York. And he landed on his feet. And in the end, he'll be coached by Rick Carlisle and their player development team, which has done a good job. I mean, you could you could look at Therese Halliburton. You could look at Miles Turner. But you could look no further than their rookie last year, Benedict Matherin, who was also a surprise and was all over the place, quite frankly. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. But I really like the addition of Obi Toppin. It's rare that a team's best player isn't their guy to watch. And I'm not going to kind of bounce this around and make this more than what it really should be. Tyrese Halliburton is their best player. He's got to make the all-star team last year. He's a double-double guy, 20 points, 10 assists, and he's still learning how to play the game. He's got to play more than 56 games, which is what he played last year, but still managed to make the all-star team. I do question his size. He's 6'5". A lot of your traditional point guards outside of Magic Johnson don't fare well. Big point guards don't fare well. You can see Ben Simmons. You can see one of my favorite players of all time, Anthony Hardaway. Michael Carter-Williams comes to mind, big point, Lonzo Ball, the list goes on and on. Big point guards traditionally don't do well in the NBA. I want to say Gary Payton at 6'4", obviously Magic Johnson. I can't think of another, but maybe Terry Porter. I'm dating myself here. But guys that are big point guards tend to wear down. They have problems defending small guards. They have problems getting up and down the court. Usually have lower extremity injuries that kind of take a toll throughout their career. Halliburton struggled getting in front of De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento, blah, 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 winds up in Indiana, finds a new home. But I think his size is going to be a detriment going forward. But in the short-term short view, I really love his motor, really love his heart. And I already mentioned double-double guy playing with basically Buddy Heald and a bunch of other guys who really haven't learned how to play the game of basketball. They traded KISS Durant for Obi Toppin. That'll be a guy that Halliburton could run with. And the player to watch, a guy that I'm really high on, is Benedict Matherin. I mentioned him earlier. He was a rookie. Played 30 minutes a game. He only shot 32% from three, 48% from two, but still managed to score 16 points per. per. Now think about that. He couldn't shoot from the outside, wasn't finishing well at the rim, and still managed to give you 16 a game. So there's no leap of faith here to say once this cat learns how to really hoop, really learn how to play ball, he's going to be a player to watch. And I think that's going to be this year. I mentioned Rick Carlisle on their player development staff. You've got Halliburton leading the break. You've got Toppin, who's a flyer slam dunk participant on one side, Matherin on the other side, Turner leading or trailing. It's going to be a young, fun team, exciting to watch. They're going to struggle with size. I'll get to that in a minute. But the trifecta of Matherin, Halliburton, and Toppin, that's going to be your three players to watch. As I mentioned, Halliburton will be their best player. Defensively, he gets after it. Long arms. Creates difficult shots. They're going to be a team that doesn't have to switch a lot or won't have problems switching a lot on the pick and roll. Something the Golden State Warriors were able to do years ago, which helped them ascend to a title. I'm not saying the Pacers are going to be a title contender, but they'll definitely compete for a play-in spot. Should teeter around 500 depending on health. When they play teams, catch teams sleeping, coming in Indiana, because Indiana is a flyover state for a reason. not trying to diss Indiana, but it is what it is. So Halliburton will be one of your better defenders in the league, but he's going to struggle with your smaller guards. Luckily in their division, they don't have a lot of small guards besides Ivy in Detroit. was the first guy that comes to mind. Other than that, they don't have a lot of small guards in Indiana, so they should be able to, should be able to lock teams up defensively. And Carlisle, I want to say, he's one of the better coaches in the NBA. He's an NBA champion, had a lot of success in Detroit, won a title in Dallas. I'd say definitely one of the better coaches in the NBA. This will be another full season, I want to say his third season, and digging his chops into this roster. Buddy Hill is on the trading block, probably won't be there. If he is, won't be there long. Turner's name has been mentioned, but I can't see them trading him after re-signing him to a contract extension and needing size. He's the biggest player on the roster. They've only got two players over 6'10", if I'm not mistaken i double check that. Yeah, he only got two players over 6'10. Isaiah Jackson, not expecting much out of him, Jalen Smith, and Miles Turner. So this team is hurting for size. So it's very unlikely that they trade Turner. Heald will be going. That's why I'm not mentioning him. They went out and signed Bruce Bowen, Bruce Brown from the world champion, Denver Nuggets. That doesn't really move the needle there for me. I, I don't Daniel Tice is a 6'8 center, but he's 6'8. So that's not exciting there. But he gives them depth and he gives him quality minutes coming off the bench. He might even start depending on what Carlisle sees in him. I like Tice, but he's not a big player. They, when I say size, you're looking for guys 6'10", guys that can defend the Jokic's and the Embiid's of the world, guys that can get in there and rebound for you, guys that can set solid screens, guys that can get out and start the break with lead passes off a of rebounding. That's not what the Pacers have. So they're going to depend heavily on their guards getting in there and rebound which will slow them down at times, but also allow them to get out and break. As I mentioned, not expecting much out of Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill is a three-point shooter who isn't going to do much on this team, has been trying to get out of there, especially after the contract stalled. Surprised he's still there before disclosure. But going forward, he was unhappy in Sacramento. Now he's unhappy in Indiana. So that's probably why they're struggling to move him. Nevertheless, this will be a great defensive team. Not a good defensive team. It'll be a great defensive team, specifically on the perimeter. Their three wings are going to allow them to extend the defense 94 feet. A lot of teams can't do that. Their three perimeter wing defenders, their athleticism, is going to allow them to even recover when they're beat. A lot of teams aren't going to be able to do that. And more importantly, they're going to be a great shot-blocking team because their wings can block shots, tice can block shots, and Turner is a tremendous off-the-ball and on-the-ball shot blocker. So they're going to block a lot of shots. They're going to be able to get out and run. They're going to be able to trap. They're going to be able to extend that defense, force teams into bad turnovers. NBA players do not like to be pressured full court, so you're going to see a lot of turnovers. They're going to be one of your higher scoring teams throughout the season, which is going to make them fun to watch. They've got guys that can finish at the rim, above the rim, on people at the rim, and Turner, Toppin, and Matherin. Indiana's got a lot of things to be excited about. The problem is it's Indiana. And... Outside of being in the Eastern Conference, there's not many things the state of Indiana offers you to be enthusiastic about. But this team is one of them. They should teeter around 500, probably around your 40. I mean, they won 35 games last year. It was a 10-game improvement. So if they can get to 45, that'd be impressive. Playing for that in spot, get some playoff experience, and then next year take a major jump, maybe add a quality veteran maybe be able to get oh, an entire season of whoever they bring in to replace Buddy Heald. But the big thing and the next step in the progression of Indiana is going to be getting Halliburton to be a perennial all-star. He's already taken that first step, getting Matherin to be an all-star participant. You know, they, they remind me, as I, just, as I just say, they remind me of a young Boston Celtics team before they kind of fell off the rails with Smart and Tatum and Brown. Matherin has the potential to be better than Brown. But even if he reaches, if his ceiling is Jalen Brown, that's a high ceiling. Tyler Halliburton has a has the potential to be a defensive player just like Marcus Smart, but a better offensive player. And Toppin may not be as great an offensive player as Tatum, but it'll be a better defensive player. So kind of similar players, similar skills or similar players, but just better on the opposite side. But they remind me of those three because they are three well to do, high basketball acumen. Players. And that's what Indiana is going to offer this year. So, as I finish this up with my prediction, I'm expecting Indiana to probably finish anywhere between 42 to 48 wins. I'm expecting them to make the play in and be one of the young teams, up and coming teams to watch. They'll dominate highlight reels the entire season. They'll be, you know, you'll get a lot of dunks out of Topping and get a lot of dunks out of Matthew and a lot of highlight plays out of Turner, a lot of shot block, a lot of high flying shot blocks. They'll be an exciting team. And there'll be a team that got a lot of things to be promising about. And depending on how things go in Cleveland, you might just see Indiana sneak into that sixth playoff spot. Unlikely, but you never know. That's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk. Again, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, whatever your podcast platform allows you to do. And as always, we appreciate your time of year. We'll see you next time.